KQED. Should we sing a dirge for American Apparel since we sing every episode? <laughs> Amazing <laughs> Grace. Stop. So here we go. Here we go. Emmanuel, no. <laughs> Hey everyone, I'm Emmanuel. I'm Carly. And I'm Jamidra. And we are the hosts of The The Cooler. Cooler. Today we are talking about Taylor Swift's album being covered by Ryan Adams and then mansplained to her by male music critics. Mm -hmm. Hmm. We'll also be talking about American Apparel's demise. R.I.P. And we're going to try and figure out if it's good to be a snob and if you can reclaim that word and make it something positive that you're proud of. Hmm. So let's get into it. Let's start with Taylor because she's my girl. I have a lot of opinions and feelings about this particular story. Would you classify yourself as a Taylor stan? Yes. Okay. Are you Swifty? You're a Swifty. That's, that's I'm what... all of the above. Okay. That was all a right. joke question, right? Yeah, I'm just saying. <laughs> I just wanted to know because some people are very offended. They don't want to be classified or put into a box. But if it's a box that I then jump out of and surprise Taylor, well, I would be into that box. You just changed Jack the game. in a box. Yeah. So last year she came out with 1989. Mm-hmm. You may have heard a lot of your friends say, I don't buy records anymore, but I bought that album. My, oh, you, my she sister, forced you to. Yeah. Yeah. She made it, you. There was no getting around it. With the Shake It Off and then followed by Blank Space, it, she was just everywhere. Mm-hmm. She still is a year later. I was at her concert last month with a bunch of children and their mothers. Were you yeah. friends with the children or their mothers? With teens separated from their families. <laughs> They're like, we can't get all seats together. So I hung out with this girl. I think her name was Angel or something. Oh. Yeah, we had a good time. Okay. (laughs) So she released this album. Months later, Ryan Adams, who was this indie musician, I guess loved it and re-recorded it and processed it through his own lens. So Am I the only one in the room who didn't know who Ryan Ryan Adams was before this? Because I didn't know who he was. I used to love Ryan Adams, but like I was a a kid at the time. Like he very much spoke to me. Um, he his first album was called Heartbreaker, and it's very good. But it has it's, the album cover is him like reclining on a bed smoking a cigarette. And if you're like a 14 year old, that is literally the epitome. Oh cool, God. it really um, is. And no, he's he's great, and I still love the album. But his star has waned a little, shall we say? I usually describe him by calling him Mandy Moore's ex-husband. Mm. Oh, now Mandy. you know. Oh, I miss Mandy. Where is she? She's around. She was okay. with Ryan Adams. Uh, apparently. <laughs> well, now that she's free of that, maybe she can give us some <laughs> mediocre music. I forgot about Mandy. So did he. Okay, apparently. Love ends. It does. And Taylor Swift writes about it. Uh, exactly. And then Ryan Adams covers it. So wait, Ryan Adams announced that he was going to essentially release an album of taylor swift covers exactly he does every song from her new album in the same order same lyrics he changes some of them so that he doesn't seem gay i guess oh god forbid and all of these music critics who never gave taylor the time of day all of a sudden are reviewing it and saying that he is giving new gravitas to her storytelling and songwriting and and he's really found the gems and the quality within this pop album that didn't really have any substance can i get some context though do people do that because i don't think i've ever heard i've heard of people covering songs i've never heard of anybody just covering a whole album of someone who is still alive and And whose album was released like a few months prior like i've never heard of that i have a really good tie-in actually and it just came to me okay oh please 
none other than Mandy Moore had an entire <laughs> album of cover songs. And it's called Coverage. And I used to listen to it circa 2004. But it wasn't something. just like one person. It wasn't just album. one person, though. It was like Elton John and like Joni Mitchell and different folksy people. Okay. But they're all alive. Sounds like a great album. It was. Oh. At least I thought so for a month, and then I oh. got some taste. Like me with Ryan Adams. So you, did you acquire some taste? You yeah. were like... <laughs> More on that in our snobby segment later. <laughs> okay, so what are the critics saying? All right, the critics are saying, American songwriter says that he was showing her up by revealing depth and nuance in the songs, Ooh. giving her a master class in lyrical interpretation. Didn't the New Yorker review the, the Ryan Adams cover and then say, don't be angry at us that we're reviewing a Taylor Swift album? Yes, I'll read that quote as well. Mm-hmm. Thank you. You're going to hate this, but we actually reviewed an album written by Taylor Swift. Ugh, gross. Just get over yourselves. The Atlantic said that Adams vindicated Swift. The Telegraph said that he exposes emotion beating beneath her gleaming surfaces. My favorite one from that article was, uh, what is it, Pretty Much Amazing? And they said Taylor Swift writes Ryan Adams' best album. Yes. That was good. <laughs> that was good. So how is he taking it all in? When he's talking about this album, he always talks of it very highly and says that there's so much going on behind these pop songs. On the surface, maybe they do seem like they have gleaming surfaces. Mm. But when you dig deeper, Blank Space, for instance, mm-hmm. Some of these critics were saying, you know, she's just a wild woman, and he turns it into a sad look at, at a man who's lost his love, and it's an elegy and whatever. Ooh. But if you actually listen to the song, it's not to be taken literally. It's what critics think of her. Exactly. Like, I have a long list of ex-lovers, mm. blah, blah, blah. And it's a conceit, and there's something else going on there. But if you don't take the time to know what you're writing an article about, maybe that'll go over your head. Have either of you heard the cover album? I have. And? And? I mean, it's fine, and I know the lyrics because I listened to the better version of that album. Yeah, the better version. Q. <laughs> okay. But some of it, like, there, there's one song, Out of the Woods, which Taylor's version I don't love, mm-hmm. and his version I do love. So I'm not saying he's a bad musician. I'm just saying that what these critics are trying to say he's done to this music is not the case. It's already there. He is riding on her coattails, not the other way around. I was surprised by how much I really like his cover of Bad Blood. But the one place that it falls down for me is the lyrics. It really does expose those lyrics. And every time I hear the Band-Aids don't help bullet holes. Band-Aids don't fix bullet holes. Thank you, Jamidra. That's what it is. I just, I, I, I suck in my teeth because. But band aids don't fix bullet holes, guys. She's just letting you know it's a PSA. Do you know she's she? (laughs) She's a medical student. I'm with you on that though. That 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 particular line annoys me a little bit. But you know, hey, cringe. Let her live. A bit much. I'm gonna let her live. So I guess the last point I'll make is, obviously, this is shining a light on problems at the music industry and critics who are mostly male for these publications have in terms of representing women correctly in the music world and giving them their fair due. Um, Pitchfork, in their top 200 records of the year, there were only 23 women represented out of 200. And then when you get to the top 50, only two. 
<laughs> well, dare I say, this is how we've ended up in this climate where J.K. Rowling has to call herself J.K. rather than Joanne. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. she feels that a female name on the front of her book will hurt it. Just yeah. kidding, Rowling. If you want more millennial slang, go to episode two. We talk all about it. Dipset over that. Dipset. Yeah. It me. Okay, so now we're going to do a new segment called En Garde. Okay. <laughs> Carly and I are going to duel with rivaling Taylor Swift lyrics. I think she's a good songwriter. Carly doesn't think so. Oh, so I'm going to back up. Let me and back Jamidra up. And Jamidra is going to judge. Okay. I think I will be an objective judge. Round one. Boom, boom. I'll go first. Do. I remember when we broke up the first time, saying this is it, I've had enough, because like... We hadn't seen each other in a month when you said you needed space. What? Then you come around again and say, baby, I miss you and I swear I'm going to change. Trust me. Remember how that lasted for a day? I say, I hate you. We break up. You call me. I love you. Oh, okay. So I just want to perform. He had the performance, Mm. but go ahead. Bring it. Okay. Band-aids don't fix bullet holes. You say sorry just for show. If you live like that, you live with ghosts. Ghosts. (laughs) I mean, <laughs> I like the little recall, the little, the echo, though. The, uh, that was a nice touch. Extra, yeah. extra yeah. points yeah. for the echo. Okay, I got to say round one goes to Emmanuel because he had, he had the, he had his whole, like, performance down. So, on, his just, delivery was, was better. Just to clarify, you're not picking the best performance. <laughs> you're picking whether you think the lyric well, is said great more. or terrible. That wasn't even a lyric. I think we need to redo it because that wasn't even a lyric. That was a whole, like. No, it stands. No, it stands. Okay. Round two. Round two. Photo album on the counter. Your cheeks are turning red. You used to be a little kid with glasses in a twin-size bed. And your mother's telling stories about you on the t-ball team. You tell me about your past, thinking your future was me. Maybe we got lost in translation. Maybe I asked for too much. And maybe this thing was a masterpiece till you tore it all up. Hey, you call me up again just to break me like a promise. So casually cruel. In the name of being honest. He looks t- he drops the mic. mic. Drop. He just dropped the mic. If anybody who's wondering, he I'd just say. Like, I'm glad you stopped there, Tennyson. How much longer were you going to get on for? <laughs> that was a monologue. Okay. I've got one. Okay. I say, I heard that you've been out and about with some other girl. Some other girl. He says, what you heard is true, but I can't stop thinking about you and I. I said, I've been there too a few times. Oof. So this one is hard for me because uh, I like that song. <laughs> <laughs> See, Carly's wrong all the time. So I'm going to have to go with the manual Woo! because I like that song. <laughs> and I can't classify it as a bad lyric. I just want to clarify my slight problem with Taylor Swift as a songwriter. Because mm-hmm. I like her up to like the um, the 75% point in every song that she does. And I'm, it comes on the radio and I think, oh, this is really good. And then it just gets to a point where it builds and builds. And I think, this is great. This is great. It's going somewhere. And then it just goes. She, she does something. And it just. She takes it, just, it left. Yep. Deflates like left. a balloon. And mm. I just think, oh, you just could have taken it over that edge, Taylor. Round three. Boom, boom. You like the little soul. That was the soul bang right there. You like that? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not the kind of girl who should be rudely barging in on a white veil occasion. But you are not the kind of boy who shall be marrying the wrong girl. I sneak in and see your friends and her snotty little family all dressed in pastel. And she is yelling at a bridesmaid somewhere back inside a room wearing a gown shaped like a pastry. 
She's breaking up weddings over here. What the hell? Okay, now. That's like a Tumblr post. <laughs> yeah. She's a really good storyteller. Like, you saw that whole picture in your head. I got to give her credit because I did not realize that she was writing her own lyrics. Just like Mariah, who never gets credit for writing her own stuff, Taylor Swift writes every single song. Yeah, I didn't realize that. Since she was 15. I could write my own lyrics if I wanted. Just They wouldn't be very good. <laughs> it doesn't make them next, good that I wrote them. Next episode, Carly's going to come back with a song. An original song. <laughs> An original song. <laughs> And I'm going to read <laughs> lyrics from Great. it and say they suck. Bring it on. All right, Carly, come on, bring it. Because, baby, now we got bad blood. Now we got problems. And I don't think we can solve them. You made a really deep cut. And, baby, now we got bad blood. Hey. Okay, I got to give Carly that one because that one was pretty bad. I'm down for the sympathy vote for Carly. <laughs> she, she needed the little boost. Mm-hmm. You got to admit those lyrics are pretty bad. Taylor, girl. The Bad Blood song is just not where it's at for me. But I I love style. All right. Well, we have declared a winner. Well, Jameedra has declared a winner. (laughs) And the award for best Taylor Swift lyric reenactment goes to Emmanuel. Thank you. Thank you. It's a fix. It's a fix. The winner of the first, En Garde. En Garde. I walked into an ambush. Me, Emmanuel. (laughs) Emmanuel. That's Spanish or something. I don't know what happened there. Is it like French? From French to Spanish. Yeah. Well, I, sir, I have many talents. You just changed continents in like. <laughs> yeah. Now, time for our in memoriam segment Oof. where we bow our heads to something in pop culture that has passed or is about to pass. In this case, American Apparel. Oof, alas. Where you bought all of your LeMay, like, spandex. American Apparel has adhered to their, like, quote-unquote strength, which is, like, throwback 1990s fashion, Mm. basics. But meanwhile, there's this whole fast fashion with H&M and, like, the Forever 21s and all these other sort of places where people can go. We've got options. We don't need American Apparel. And they keep sticking to, like, this basic, same monotone color palette where that's not what people are wearing anymore. People want embellishments and they want to like, yeah, they want to wear what's on the runway. And American Apparel is like, screw that. This is what we do. We're going to make mom jeans and you're going to like it. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like the slogan of American Apparel should have been American Apparel. It's really tight. Well, they talked about the fact that they are, their sizing options are ridiculous. And then when you see H&M and you see other stores that are sort of moving towards having a plus size, not even what what you can't even consider plus size. What they what the fashion industry likes to label as plus size, which is, you know, maybe size eight, size 10, size 12. It's like Kate up. Yeah. yeah. American Apparel is like, no, we're doing size zero and you're going to like it. And if you can't squeeze into what we make, then you're not in our target audience. And so the consumer said bye bye. People are going to places like H&M where mm-hmm. maybe it's not made super well, but it's cheap and it's of the moment. Like whatever print that Kylie Jenner's wearing or whatever. Mm-hmm. Girls are trying to look more womanly and like grown up now like kylie jenner with like long nails and like like like, an 18 year old she's like (laughs) yeah like a woman if you look at her she looks like a real housewife of orange county like she looks like someone's mom and she is 18 years old Mm -hmm. and she wants to look like that and then she's inspiring all these other girls who follow her on instagram to have the long nails and like the contouring and the shaping wear and all of this stuff so Times are changing, and American Apparel didn't change along with it. Plus, their CEO, Dove Charney or whatever. Dove Charney. Dove. Dove, He is 
so gross. Yeah, heard, I mean, there's I've such a reputation there. Yeah. He was quote unquote a liability, mm. and that's all I'll say about that. But the little piece about the fa- the whole fast fashion, like for me personally, I remember when that shift happened because when I was growing up and when I was in high school, it was all about the brands. Like people were very mm. name brand centric. After the recession, when people couldn't afford those kinds of things, then you saw like designers, fashion designers making lines for Target or making lines for Kohl's or all of that when previous, like back in the 2000s, early 2000s and the 90s, they wouldn't even, it was a joke to even be affiliated with Target Mm. or Walmart or Kohl's or whatever, Sears or, you know. Um, And so I think we've kind of come full circle now where people don't care. Nobody cares that you're wearing an American Apparel t-shirt. They just care if it looks cute. And like you said, and if it it is reminiscent of something that they've seen on a celebrity or Mm -hmm. that's on Paris runways or that said they saw at New York Fashion Week. So... Or on TV, because who can afford to go to New York Fashion Week? <laughs> I guess I better get those tights. You think those tights will be on sale now? Nope. <laughs> it's still $50 a pop. <laughs> Should we sing a dirge for American Apparel, since we sing every episode? <laughs> Amazing <laughs> Grace. Stop. So- <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. Emmanuel, no. <laughs> it's so hard to say goodbye. Yes, bring us home. To yesterday. That's all you need. Like she gave it, she gave everything she had. RIP American Apparel. We'll miss you, kind of. One thing I read this week that I sent to you guys was a really interesting and slightly pretentious article in the New York Times about the word snob and the concept of being a snob. And um, this particular person's uh, form of chosen snobbery was uh, film. They said that um, they they very much liked a certain type of film and they called it film, not movies, um, and that they were unashamedly snobbish about what they enjoyed. Mm. And it's a long read. I'd, I'd recommend it. But at the end, I was really fascinated by their question can we reclaim the word snob in the way that other forms of enthusiastic, or like over-enthusiastic, obsessive participation in culture, like geek and nerd, just in the way that those words have been reclaimed, can we reclaim snob? And I thought, hmm, I just don't know. Because I don't know whether the concept of being a snob is compatible with enjoying pop culture. Surely the idea of appreciating pop culture is anathema to what snobbery actually is. Discuss. I mean, if he owns it, great for him. I personally am, I don't say guilty pleasure anymore because it's like, if I find it pleasurable, I don't feel guilty about it. I don't care what you think about it. If if I'm watching the Kardashians and you're like, oh, you're dumb, then I think you're dumb for thinking that my intelligence is tied to one TV show that I happen to enjoy because I like to be kept abreast of popular culture in our first family yeah and we all <laughs> don't even get me started unless y'all want me to be hot oh, don't even no no mm. and emmanuel we all know that you balance your laptop while you're watching kardashians on a copy of ulysses yes i do that's <laughs> what you do if you don't know what she's talking about i wrote a piece about the kardashians and ulysses which was quoted in the washington post so take that snobs out there who think take i'm that, dumb take that. um so i would say that the difference between snob and like nerd and geek is that nerd and geek although they embody or evoke a sense of sort of um, 
Some people would see quote unquote superiority there. Most people see they sympathize with those terms, right? You think about a nerd, you think about a geek, you think about someone who is intelligent, but they may be ostracized or isolated from a particular sort of population or the the larger population, the popular kids, for instance. When you talk about snob, you think particularly about somebody who is looking down on someone mm-hmm. else. So I don't know if you can take that and spin that and make that at all sort of like socially acceptable or cool. Is there anything that you are snobby about? So this is what I'm going to tell you. So there is a term. Okay. So I guess you would refer to it as bourgeoisie. Okay. From where I'm from, we call it bougie. So my husband talks about me sometimes and he calls me bougie for some things in particular, mainly because lately I have been toying with the idea of buying a face brush. For those of you who don't know what that is it's an electronic brush that cleans your face. Oh, it's the Clarisonic. Yes, Other brands are available. The Clarisonic face brush uh, is one of the ones that I'm interested in because I got an Oral-B electric toothbrush that I'm fascinated with lately. Oh, and so I thought something. I would just take it to the next level. So my husband, is, he classifies that as bougie or he'll laugh at me about certain things that I'm into. He'll be like, oh, you know, you're bougie. So... Yes, I would say that there are certain things like I'm so I am considered bougie because I'm not going camping. I don't want to be in the dirt. I will be at the Hilton. You guys go ahead and and sleep outside in in a sleeping bag and I'll be in a terry cloth robe. (laughs) I'll see (laughs) you in your episodes. You guys have fun out there. So that would in some circles classify me as bougie or that would be snobbery. Hmm. Emmanuel, what are you a snob about? I was trying to think, and because I just said earlier that whole thing about, you know what, I don't look down on things, and I am not guilty about you anything. Think and you do. <laughs> there is something that I judge people on. Okay. Go for it. It's, at, it's at airports, and there's all these books to choose from, and then people get those, like, really thick... The romance like, novels? Not the romance novels. Like, if you want to get off on that, like, da- I'm down for that. It's like the ones, I don't even know who writes them. Oh, it's like airport novels, basically, like James Patterson. Yes, and... yes. I'm a snob in that arena just because, like, I fully own the negative connotations of that word for this because I've never read those things. I don't know if they're good or not, and I do slightly judge people who I see reading them, and that's wrong, but... Yeah, I'm snobby about books sometimes. So would you judge me? Because, well, I don't do the airport novels, but I do buy the trashiest magazines that I can anytime I'm flying. There's something that I feel like I have license to buy, oh, like, sure. you know, the OK magazines yes. when I'm flying. I'm like, OK, I'm going to learn about yeah, all. <laughs> it's not like your fear of flying. You're like, I'm going to die I'm like, anyway. I'm going to die anyway, so let me go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> and just for the record, if I'm ever on a flight with you, I will not be sitting at the emergency exit because I cannot guarantee that I am going to be cool calm and collected enough to help anyone off the plane yeah they're like wait you just take the door off and put it on the I'm side like, no, no, and then ma'am. help the children out it's no like, ma'am no. like i've seen final destination that is not no happening. ma'am <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i don't judge people who read those kinds of magazines especially in airports or on airplanes because it's a stressful situation and that, that's just kind of like candy and maybe those novels that i'm talking about are the same thing and i should just educate myself and i'm trying to do that in this moment so, so sorry is. for being a snob Homework is read one of those books, I guess. I'm going to get you like the worst. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. I'm just going to get you one of those grocery stores. Do they even do the grocery store novels anymore with like the woman with her shirt, her like blouse? Give me that one. Give me that one. On the horse. With like like, Fabio on the cover. Are you a snob about anything, Carly? Gosh. I'm definitely not a movie snob. 
Definitely. I'm the opposite. Yeah, film mm-hmm. is your thing. I love the B-movies. I will not tolerate anyone who tells me that I should not enjoy what I enjoy. I, th- I think I'm with you on being a slight literary snob. I have that kind of um, involuntary reaction when I see someone picking up one of the like the airport pot boilers, and then I feel so disappointed with myself when I react that way because I'm so like <laughs> I'm so non-judgmental in other areas of my culture tastes, and then when it comes to something that's you know printed on a piece of paper, I suddenly I forget all that. You and I are going to go to rehab and like correct our snobbery issue, and we'll be back next week clean. And without judgment. We will check ourselves and we will check ourselves in. Yes. We're all growing. Can you visit us, please? Moment of growth. I'll, I'll visit you as long as camping is not involved. When you bring right. us books. Yeah, bring that novel that you talked about with Fabio <laughs> on the cover. So quickly, any words that you guys would want to reclaim? Kind of like this guy's trying to reclaim snob. Okay, so I don't know about reclaim, but I just want to like boost the popularity a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I think tacky is so under. Like, appreciate it. The word tacky is one of my favorite words in the English language. I don't know what that says about me. But tacky is such a great word. I think it sums up exactly. (laughs) But wait, do you want to reclaim the word tacky? Well, I just want it to be used more often. Okay. Some people used to say tickety tacky. (laughs) So maybe you can say it like that. Tickety tacky. Carly? Again, it's not a reclaiming, but um, it's a word that I want to bring over to these shores because I've been using it, I now realize, for the past four years. Is it piss I... up? In a, <laughs> organize a piss up in a bar? Yes. In a brewery. In a brewery. I, in a brewery. Okay. little call back to the uh, event we did in San Francisco a couple of weeks ago, which you can listen to on episodes three and four of the Cooler podcast. Uh, but no, it's not that. It's the word twee. Aww. I describe something as twee to someone and they just kind of looked at me blankly and I realized that it's not a word over here. It's T-W-E-E. Explain. And it means kind of sickly sweet, a little bit kind of goody-goody. You can refer to music as twee, as people as twee. Mm, it's like Zoe Deschanel is twee. Like yes! Everything she does okay, so is twee. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to incorporate that in some of vocabulary. That's a little twee. I just Mostly. took like 50 words to explain what Emmanuel said in four words. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, that's, that's because so we're here annoying. for you. Thank you. Yeah. So my word mm-hmm. is hipster. <laughs> Do you want to bring that back or you want to just like... No, I'm going to own it. Here's why. Okay. I recently went to Reno, Nevada for my birthday. Mm-hmm. I having a great time, walk out of this restaurant, and this beefy dude immediately starts yelling in my face and saying, that's how you live your life, pink hair, you hipster trash? What? <gasps> what? 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 Yes. And so I was thinking about it after he got in my face. And, Wait, I'm sorry. What were you What were you doing? How were you living your life at that moment? He just didn't like that I had um, pink hair, and I don't know, that's kind of it. How rude. I think there's some, like, latent homophobia going on, like, because he can't use the F word anymore. So he's like, I'll just call him a hipster, Mm -hmm. trash, or whatever. And as you guys know, last week I was called an Orwellian bleep stain. So I'm used to being called things, but when people shout hipster trash at me... It's kind of like, okay. People is in plural, isn't that? Wasn't the this only person who's ever said that before? Yikes. It's just like, okay, what you are responding to is the, like, you think that I am dressing in an unconventional way or doing something different than standard mainstream culture. If you are part of the mainstream, good for you. Let me live my life and I'll let you live yours. I don't go up to you and say mainstream trash. Like, just get over it, dude. So 
I am a hipster. If if it means being hip and having style, yeah, I am. So You never yeah. go out of style. What Just like that? Taylor Swift. So we cap off every podcast episode with what song one of us is really feeling. Mm-hmm. It's my turn this week. The song that has been really in my earbuds all week long is Erica Badu's cover of Hotline Bling by Drake. Mm-hmm. Never heard it. Bring it. Girl. I was at a dance party recently. It had come out like three days before. Every single person at this dance party knew every single mm-hmm. word. Oof. And that's just the power of Drake and Erica Badu. And she uses the term cellular device instead of cell or cell phone or oh, whatever. Yeah. I just love her so much. Let's listen to it and groove our way out of this episode with Hotline Bling by Erica Badu. that's our show for this week we would be remiss not to thank a few people our theme music which you heard at the beginning of the episode is by carolyn pennypacker riggs she's awesome you Mm -hmm. should check her out she's in a band called bouquet thanks also to rob spate who was behind the glass for this episode thanks rob david marcus and thanks to you guys thanks for you (laughs) also if you haven't yet please check us out on itunes and rate us and review us because it makes us happy what other reason do you need i'll leave you yeah, if you don't like us, Keep there are yourself. tons of other podcasts, and I'm sure you would like one of them. If you live like that, you live with gold. Yes. Yeah. <laughs>